0: Welcome to Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where Heather takes
1: credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person, then I met these folks. Wow. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. Not all heroes wear capes. Who's our hero today? Street violence and street commerce, it's a difficult cycle to get out of. That sounds like a job for you. Heather, what's the solution? Today, I've got two people with me from Tallahassee Peacemakers Initiative. They're here to help us solve the problem. I've got Christique Henry. She's the executive coordinator. And TK, a former gang member who got together with his friends and decided enough was enough. We're going to turn into lead street advocates.
0: Sounds like you've got this under control. We knew
1: we can count on you, Heather. They decided to form the Tallahassee Peacemakers Initiative, and it's their mission to go right into the neighborhoods where they used to be hellraisers and start solving problems. And so I can't wait to get into it. I am so excited to get to meet in person for the first time somebody that I recently just discovered. And had to look up on Facebook to see how many mutual friends we have, and of course, find out that we should have been friends a long time ago. ago. Christique Henry. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Who on her Facebook page, her profile picture says that she would rather be faithful over famous. Amen. And I saw that and I thought, this is somebody that I am going to really like hanging out with. And also here with TK.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: And Christique and TK are here to talk about the Tallahassee Peacemakers Initiative. Ooh, ooh. And I, my, I have one question off the bat, because when I first started reading about you guys and learning about what you do, I kept calling it the Tallahassee Peacekeepers Initiative. Uh-huh. And, then, <laughs> and then I saw, oh wait, no, 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 no,
2: no. They're peacemakers. Yeah. And I wondered, is there a reason for that name? There definitely is. First of all, we're not the U.N., so for (laughs) anybody that's concerned about that, we're not. We'll take their money, though. But um, we we are the peacekeepers uh, in a lot of people's mind because they associate kind of the the spirit of what we do with peacekeeping on a community level, building coalitions. Um, We do that similarly, but we target it in specific areas and specific neighborhoods. So basically, um, and I'll let TK kind of chime in on it, the, the goal here was to be a a a very viable response to the uptick in violence in our communities and so who better to deal with violence than former Hellraisers? so we were a bunch of folks that came together that said we want to kind of do what we can to relationally de-escalate and prevent instances of violence in the community and we crafted it under the name of peacemakers so we're the tallahassee peacemakers initiative i love
1: that because it's so proactive you know, it's coming in with a purpose intentionally of, you know, seeing that there's a need, there's an opportunity, mm-hmm. and we can do something about it. And we're going to be peacemakers in our community. And I love how your organization is is initiative of ex-offenders, formerly incarcerated, and activists who are committed to flipping the script mm-hmm. and, and having things go in a different way. TK, tell us a little bit about that.
0: Well, well, we came together uh, as, a, as a unit to uh, change some of the wrong that we were doing. Uh, formerly, we, like she said, we were formerly uh, incarcerated gentlemen. Uh, it's five of us, uh, original five core people. That's out of five different boroughs across the city. Tallahassee, the five hot areas in Tallahassee. Um, we came together as a unit, decided that we, try, we need to make a change, you know, de-escalate de- de- some of the, the violence that's going on with the youth. Because at one time we was the we were the violent we were the the ones who misled them down the wrong roads that they are now so you know it's, it's it was time to make a change you know enough was enough so that's why well, I pretty much started
1: yeah and I loved how you were telling me earlier about how it all started from a conversation a
0: conversation uh, we had a mutual friend uh, that lost her her, her son and um, and we thought about the times that we was in that same situation. Well we was doing stuff and people couldn't tell us nothing. When we was misleading ourselves with the firearms and, you know, just doing stupidity stuff, stupid stuff. And at this particular time it cost somebody their life. And, you know, what like like she said, what what better people to talk about that than people who once were the hell raiders. So we came together as one as one unit, you know, to decide to de escalate the crime and with her help and God, you know, we're still here a year later.
2: So what is it that you actually do? So it's several things that we do. Um, the one thing, as he so um, very capably at- articulated earlier, is that through relationships, we de- de-escalate crime. What does that mean? That means that when a situation is popping off, I, and I use that very intentionally, if somebody is upset enough to do something, We actually have people that call our guys, our street advocates, um, who TK is, as as well as the other four core street advocates. Um, And their sole role is to work on the neighborhood street level to not just take in knowledge and take in information, but also to work directly with situations they may be hot. And they take, through their relationships with the actors in the situation, and try to just get them to breathe and think about it. They do conflict resolution on a one-on-one basis. That not only prevents that person from committing a crime, but it also create it also prevents a victim from being created from the crime. And um, uh, much of the success that we've experienced has been because, first of all, people know who they are, so they understand what they've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So that 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 legitimate connection is is key. Um, And then the second thing is being when you have someone that will give you the press the pause button for you, that you know, like, and trust, then that makes the difference in how you react to it, right? And so that's what we do, one of the things we do. But we also do what we call leadership and opportunity access. Okay. And that's where a lot of, so we can't just leave it located on the street, right? Because when we're dealing with situations on the street, we're dealing with frustrations, we're dealing with scarcity, we're dealing with commerce that employs violence. So we have to interrupt that violence through providing opportunities for economic um, access, economic opportunity through jobs creation, through connection to or connectivity to economic opportunity. And so that's the next thing that we do. But as we're working with our guys, sometimes they need to have that mentorship or they need to have that person to encourage them when they get the job, to, to maintain good relationships with the boss man, to be able to talk about things that's frustrating them, that they may bring on the job that will put them in danger of losing it. Also, talking about things that TK talked about earlier, when you're ex-offender, that sometimes comes with attachments, right? It comes mm-hmm. with fines and fees and other things that create, you know, just this kind of cyclical, chaotic um, situation with each of our guys that we deal with um, on the street. But we also recognize, and this is the most important thing, that if there's not a constant community presence with what we're doing, then all we're doing is what everybody else is doing, bringing a solution temporary or or, or just applying a band aid, and not seeing that there's a holistic issue here, and that is disconnection of the community to to each other and to opportunity. So that's where a lot of our outreaches come in, where we do constant outreach. We're out in, and we're doing two week two two weekends out of the month, just straight outreach, just straight connection and, and relationship building. In addition to the guys being talking talking on the corners and dealing with the guys on the street. We have to create that continual presence. So when you talked about the peacekeepers earlier, which is kind of what the UN does with their community building, we really are kind of a model, but in our own way, our, our, instead of government violence or war violence, we're de-escalating one-on-one individual situations that could lead to violence. Or we're facilitating opportunity and access for young men and young women who need that on the community in the communities that are sometimes not reached appropriately.
1: How did you get involved? It sounds like like TK got with his friends and, and said, we've got to do
2: something. And then somehow you came in. Well, see, I, yes, it was extremely providential and serendipitous. <laughs> I, I've worked with communities and neighborhoods for about now going on, you know, for a while. <laughs> um, and so... I was in a situation where I was working with my neighborhood, which is the Appalachia Ridge um, Estates neighborhood. And we had a young man in our community that got basically gunned down like near his grandma's house. Mm. And so that really I mean, I we there had been a number of killings that had happened. But that was so close to home because this was a young man was like, what? Why would somebody shoot him? Well, I found out there's two Tallahassee's. Right. Mm. And so I didn't know the Tallahassee. That was active in that situation, and I just felt like I couldn't do another day of community work until I learned. Well, guess what happened? Alba Batts had called a meeting of neighborhood leaders. Now I'm I'm in neighborhood leadership. I I train neighborhood leaders. And I was like that, and somebody called me and said, "Christique, you got a meeting in Southside for neighborhood leaders." I was like, "No, I don't." And they were like, "Well, somebody calling a meeting of neighborhood leaders." I said, "Well, I'm gonna go to this meeting and see who these neighborhood (laughs) leaders, (laughs) who are these neighborhood leaders." And i am gonna be honest with you, it's, I, it's been as much a lesson for me as it has been a work for me because I've learned that leadership happens in levels. Mm-hmm. It, it's not always the ones that people see on the photographs, that people see in front on the microphones, that people consider leaders. Leadership happens on the street level among people who understand others on the street level. And when we can empower those persons to be able to be conduits of opportunity to others, That's when the magic happens. And that's what we've seen. That's what we've we've seen the empowerment of folks who don't, you know, may not come bright and shining. They may not they may be completely raw, but that charisma, it impacts. That charisma, it communicates. And that's where the magic happens with this movement. And so, you know, it it was the writing was on the wall. I just kinda came in and brought brought me me to the situation and uh a year a year and a half later really we're, we're still at it and we're still building this program um to accomplish what it needs to accomplish in the community
0: basically she she put the cement to the bricks <laughs> she just she was she was holding it all together yeah and so
2: well because you ready. guys were ready
0: yeah but we, we didn't have we didn't have we had to we had to focus in in, in the determination we just didn't know how how to put it all in plan. And God put it in the right place at the right time for us, and we're still here a year later.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I I love how that happens. When it's the right time, then things come together, and it just gels, and it goes forward. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about what your goals are as an organization. What would you like to see happen as a result of your efforts?
0: The violence stop, get uh, the young brothers educated, get them back in school. Get them back on the right track. Have them, have the ones that's in the in the rural communities that don't have a future or don't see a, a further than their front steps to, to see a, a, a long term goal. See themselves graduating from high school or or getting a college degree or you know even just just even getting up out of the bed, going to somebody's job, learning how to tie a tie. Um, several different things that 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 that's needed in the community. That that we're just hoping that that happens. You know, uh, anything that happens. It's a, it's a it's a win situation for us. So it's no win or lose for us.
1: It sounds like there is has got to be a level of trust um, when And I think leadership begins with trust, you yeah. know, that the person who is coming in to work with you is somebody that you can relate to and that you can trust who has your best interests at heart. And it sounds like as as one of the street activists, you know, you bring yeah. a lot of trust into a relationship with somebody to be able to tell them I'm here. I see you. I understand what's going on and I can help bring you to a different place. But they have to want to go do you find that there are that there's resistance
0: it, well a lot of people are scared of change you know and, and, and it's not because they don't want to change it's because they're, they're afraid of what their peers going to say about them if they do try to make a change and that was a lot of our problems at first too because we still struggle with it now because it's like even though we're we're trying to, to help the younger youth get their life right we still struggle with ourselves or what, I, what our peers are saying with us. Oh, y'all working with the police or, you know, l- labels, labels. So you have a lot of people that's in sincere. They really want to get their life right, but they're just scared of what their friends may say.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I know a, a large part of that, too, is that when we first started out, it was, it was magic, right? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about there was like a shooting every week. We got to work for real, for real. And we had like peace, like a ceasefire for like almost two and a half months. So the relationship is real, but I think what you have to do is you have to be able to, when the guys first went out, they were telling the man, we can get you a job, we can get you this, we can get you that. Well, guess what? We didn't have the job right. then. We didn't have the, you know, we didn't have the resources then to back it up. Mm-hmm. Now we're gathering the resources so that when the guys are going out, we can actually put, put, you know, put put it to to. to like, be for real. We can right. actually say you can we have a deliverable, right? We can put you with a job opportunity. And I think that's what's going to make the difference. Because, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to care about whether you're from the police, whether you whatever. If I know I'm going to get a better job, if I know I can get access to a better opportunity, and I can lower my risk assessment doing what I'm doing out here, you know, we we got to put that together. And then what I'm finding is that as these guys are leading the other guys, the other guys are starting to lead other guys. Yeah. So there's that. That, just that that continuum of we got to be pulling each other out, which, which is what people don't understand and don't know. Because once TK pull them out the fire, what the other guy going to do is see the other people burning and start pulling them out the fire. And that's why the leadership development part mm-hmm. is so key for our street advocates so that they can continue to grow and they can continue to p- prosper in what they're doing so they can show the guys they pulling out the fire. Because right. a lot of times what they'll do is they'll take – you know, like a TK, and they'll build him up. But then they'll detach him from the guys that still burning. We don't want to do that. We want to be right there, but we want to be showing them, as they're there, how you can go through this continuum of transformation and change and become and have productive citizenship. But we still are accessible to you to pull you out yes. as well. That right. That is really important with the work that we do.
1: So I can assume that there's a whole bunch of work and only a few people. <laughs> what? <laughs> What do you most need to be able to pull this off?
0: Community. The community, the community help. We need people that's sincere to really come together and, you know, it it starts at home, really. If you can pretty much instill in your child or yourself, just look in the mirror and just say, man, you want better. That's where it starts from. If you go in the bathroom and just look at yourself and say, I want my life to be better than this right here. And it, it, the next day you do the same thing. The next day you do the same thing. Eventually you'll, you'll start a process of you growing. You know, once you start growing, you won't want to look back. You know, so that's what we basically need, people to come aboard and just have the same goal.
2: And and on the other side of that, we need people who understand the work and understand that the guys that we have that are working on our street advocacy team, thanks to an investment by the Leon County Sheriff's Office, we're able to pay them. We, now the little money we gave them gave them mm-hmm. gas money. You know they could buy dinner once in a while. They'll come out of the pocket with this stuff anyway. Previously, but once that that resource dried up, you know it kind of it, it created that gap in space where they've had to find other opportunities. So we need resources to be able to pay stipends, and and that that's not cheap. You right. know we were thinking about bringing a program here that was going to be like three hundred four hundred thousand dollars. Well, you don't get to pay their franchise fees for just having a program, but you got a program here that's plug and play. We, we need those resources to be able to activate this program, pay stipends to our street advocates, fund our leadership development, fund our continual outreach. And just bring other partners to the table to replicate the process mm-hmm. so that we can help other communities be able to arrive based upon their particularities in their community. Because everything that you do has to be authentic to your community. Right. You can't just bring a franchise from somebody else's community and say, oh, this going to work here. That's not the case. This was a homegrown effort of homegrown guys with homegrown relationships, and it's effective. But in order for it to be sustained and in, for, in order for it to reach its maximum effectiveness, it's going to require funding.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think so many times some of the most powerful initiatives are those that start as grassroots. And then you've got so much community buy-in because of the authenticity of the intention that that then it just grows and grows and grows. And, and it does start to be more expensive. But the, it's an investment. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's money that you're, that you're putting into people's lives. That's right. Now I know that, um, you know, when somebody makes the decision that the life that I'm in right now is going nowhere, I don't want this anymore, but I don't know how to get out. I'm ready for change and I need a hand. I need Uh from uh, somebody to reach into the fire so that I can grab on and come out. It's really, really important that you are there when they are ready. And so, community presence must be really important. Tell me about what you do to be present in the community, so that you're there when people need their, when their hand is coming out of the fire, you're there to grab on.
0: We're in the community every day. That's why. That's why the five core people that she's talking about. That's why we're so important because we're in our neighborhoods, whether they want us there or not. We're going to be in our neighborhood, and nine times ten, we're going to we're going to we're going to interact with some of the little kids around there some of the teenagers around there or some of the people that's actually still the problems around us so because those are the relationships that we built up over the years of us doing x stuff and you know like like she said once people start seeing us do better they want to know man what you doing man to try to you know curb your life from doing this or living this way right here so yeah.
1: tell that, me about the pop-up breakfast oh
0: man that's <laughs> that's more her thing you know but it's a uh, it's it's fun, man. It's just like you know, we we, we get together as a as a group and vote uh, twice a month. We're gonna either, we're gonna start off on the south side where we decide to meet up at to do a breakfast there. We're gonna do it there. The north side is basically the same thing, um, and you never know where we're gonna be. You never know where we're gonna be.
2: What's the purpose of that outreach? Yeah, it's outreach and and it's a good behind breakfast. I mean, that <laughs> breakfast is good. I, I mean, it's, Who doesn't love breakfast? Uh, uh, pan, I mean, it's is pancakes, it's real sausage, it's piggly wiggly bacon. It's real <laughs> breakfast. But you know the thing is is that to TK's point and and not not to make anyone feeling any kind of way by saying this, but I think it's it's really critical for the community to see the community doing for itself Mm -hmm. there's always this kind of mindset of you know people coming into the community to we're gonna fix you we're gonna come fix you but what's powerful is to see these guys you know going door to door man come get some breakfast you know and now we've done it since last november so that means we're going on one year of doing these pancake breakfasts you know i don't count the covid months all that (laughs) much but We've gone a uh, one whole year of doing these pop-up pancake breakfasts twice a month. And the only reason why we're doing them twice a month is cuz we started out on South Side, the North Side was like, y'all ain't giving us no we love. Want pancakes. We want <laughs> right. So we had to we had to go two weekends and we go two weekends out of the month. And now, you know, with the guys, we got a whole cadre of we have to tell people don't come volunteer cuz so many people want to come out. I don't know if it's because they want to and eat then we got, or they we want we the got a second
0: annual football game coming up soon, too. <laughs> and and, and then football, there's yeah.
2: that. Oh, let's talk about that. And, yeah. and the <laughs> other piece of outreach that we've done is just kind of things that are really kind of authentic to the community. So last year, TK and a um, partner came up with the idea to do a pop-up football game. Um, but like a flag football tournament. Oh, fun! Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it's really in- interesting during COVID. <laughs> right. But, You know, yeah. some people ride or die, so yeah. I guess we're we're planning on doing uh, uh another one very soon.
0: Hopefully, hopefully the COVID uh epidemic uh, <laughs> shut down soon.
2: We can
1: put pause on the, on yeah. the whole pandemic. So that would be
0: good. <laughs> if not, we'll probably have to move it to the spring. But right. um, right. um, you know, basically it was designed to bring all the communities together to to show the younger brothers that. They can come from over here, come from over there, all different walks of life, and play in a football tournament and get along without any violence, you know, and, and play a, and play a man's sport, football, you know, that which is a contact sport, but we use the flags because right. we didn't want no tackle, nobody getting mad, nobody getting upset, mm-hmm. hit too hard, and we also we also interacted with uh the, the young girls a uh, halftime show with the. Uh, the diamond dancers yeah, or something like that yeah. the young ladies there was our halftime Dance show yeah so mm-hmm. you know we, we implemented a lot of different stuff and then we, at the same time we we're doing a book bag giveaway mm-hmm. and different stuff so uh for the community but like she said it's very important for for us to get back into our community for them seeing us coming out of the community giving back to the community because it's not like oh we trying to think that we're better than y'all no we're from the same spot y'all are from mm-hmm.
1: so so I know that you know money is always a big driver oh, yeah. for grassroots organizations like this. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's you got to have it. Um, what else do you need? If somebody's listening to this and they feel like this is something that I'm passionate
2: about, right. I want to get involved and help. Mm-hmm. What what can they do? So as as we stated earlier, there's the outreach. Um, Ground level, which is foundational to the work, mm-hmm. there's the w- regular outreach, such as pop-up pop, pop pancake breakfast such as football tournaments, such as events, community conversations. We we've gone to listening sessions throughout the community. But the very critical pieces that we're missing is the leadership development and the job access and training part. Okay, that's the continuum that we have to get cranking because we can get them really excited about what we're doing, but we're trying to take them somewhere right and so we need teachers that wouldn't mind teaching foundational leadership development you know um talking with men about manhood about fatherhood you know about planning for the future (laughs) how to purchase a home how to you know how to become financially stable how to how to deal with triggers mentally and emotionally um how to deal with trauma community trauma um, trauma trauma-informed counseling for grown men and for young adults right um how to how to how how just just a lot of how to's, right? Mm-hmm. Things that you would get from mama and daddy but just probably were missing. We need instructors, preferably men and women, to come and just hold classes at the technology center over in Appalachian Ridge or over at one of the centers over on the north side and we put together a community classroom where people can go and they can get trained in Springfield or somewhere like that where they can have the relevant conversations and, and participate in cooperative learning among each other in the community setting those are things that matter and then having the job training programs through the whether it's career source or tcc um we need on the job training that's paid um we can't our guys they're they need to make money. They need to make a living. Mm-hmm. That's that's the allure of street commerce, that right. I can take and I can flip this and, and make. So we need an interruption that's meaningful. Exactly. Well, we know men coming out with plumbing jobs, electrical jobs, they're making 17 plus an hour starting out. You know, people who own tree cutting businesses, people who own those, their deficits in that in that uh, in those skills trades here in our region. So we must connect them to opportunities for employment. So we need employers that are looking for men that they're not willing to just work, but they're me- willing to mentor and, and serve as apprenticeships and, and give them a, a vision of what the future holds in their work and in their employment. That's what we need. If we can get, we would love to be able to employ 250 young men just straight up. If we can get 250 young men that are vibrantly employed and active and moving forward, that would make a tremendous dent in a lot of the stuff that we see going on because they're just bored. They're, the young men are brilliant and bored and involved in stuff that probably they wouldn't if they were directed to something that was profitable and that had a future. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh.
1: I got chills thinking about how meaningful it could be for somebody who who heard that just now and thought, I can do that. I can help teach mentorship. I can teach leadership, teach financial awareness, teach these life skills and connect somebody with a job that is easy entry. I'm going to teach you how to do this job and you just But do I Mm -hmm. follow what my example and and you're going to be on a better path. And that could be something that somebody contributes to the community that would make a humongous difference in somebody's life.
0: But like she said, it it has to be like on job training, Mm -hmm. like meaning that as they learn, they're getting paid for, because as they train in, it still bills coming Mm -hmm. child support. you say court causes um, just a lot of pressure that's on the young man or a young lady that, that that want to step out on faith, but they, they financially not able because they're so far along in their life that they're trying to play catch up. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the financial part of it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the reality of the situation mm-hmm. is that, like you said, street commerce is so appealing because it's quick money and you know and it's and it keeps them in their comfort zone of what they know and who they know and so you're really needing to provide opportunities that are going to get you into a new path a new set of of a new community Mm -hmm. um that is going to support you right away right Right away away. yeah okay so
2: somebody just heard that and the light bulb went off and they said yeah i can do that how do they get in touch with you They can email me directly at peacemakers at gmail.com. They can also instant message us on faith. We are on the book. We are strong on the book (laughs) Um, or or give me a contact me directly at my personal line, 850-509-5559. But definitely uh, we have a website that we are getting up and going um, that's being created and that will be live hopefully here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and but you can definitely message us through Facebook, or you can contact me directly either at my phone number eight five zero five zero nine five 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 nine, or you can contact us at Peacemakers Tallahassee at gmail dot com. Perfect, great.
1: Well, I hope that your phone starts ringing off the hook soon. Um, and some of the questions that you might get are: um, I'm not in Tallahassee, but I need this in my community. What should I do? Where do I start? What is your advice to them?
2: Well, first of all, we definitely would love to come in and do some consulting. That's another arm that we are now in a position to do since we've done some things. Um, and so we can come alongside and consult. Um, and, and that'll be the first gateway, just being able to come and say, you know, hey, when, when can we set up a time and we'll travel Or they can come to Tallahassee and we'll sit down and be glad to just kind of open up the books of what we have done and and share and and help them create an organic movement within their community. But if it's not the people who are impacted that that happened like it happened here, if they don't have it in their soul that this is what they're supposed to be doing, it's not going to be sustainable. Right. So that that would be the first thing I would I would. I would recommend, you know, that, hey, if you got some folks in your community that really, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do and you can rally them, we'd love to meet with them because mm-hmm. we, I think our guys can get, get in that form and they can light some fires because yeah. they've been doing some. Great work! They we mentor every Friday with the Juvenile Department of Juvenile Justice with their probation, juvenile probation program, and I mean, just been doing some awesome work with trying to light the fire, of redirecting those behaviors. So we would love to we would love to sit down and be able to counsel folks who are interested in that opportunity.
1: Well, I'm glad for your soul, TK. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you reached out to your friends and said we got to do something, and that that you all decided to be part of what. Changes the course, and and I'm glad for you, Christique, that you saw the potential and the fire that they had, and jumped in and started being the the mortar in the bricks yes. and putting that together. Because clearly, you guys are on a real fast train, and I just can't wait to see what happens next.
2: Yeah, we can't either. Um, it, it, it's a matter of doing the right thing at the right time. There was a need. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew what we needed, but the community didn't know what it needed. And I think it's powerful that you know. Again, I I just came to the meet to be nosy, but um, you know, became we
0: became a family,
2: and and now we're <laughs> you know they think they they think they run me, they don't run me, but um, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but you know it's a family, and and you know we we give as much as we take, but at the end of the day, there's trust. And you said that earlier about trust whether it's on the community level or whether it's on the organizational level or whether it's on the municipal and government level, we will not move forward as a community if we don't find that thing called trust and regard for each other because people, they sense that. They sense if you got foolishness going on. And the, the great thing about this group is that we're tight, we understand each other, we accommodate for each other, but we understand what our role is and we are we are intent on playing it by many by any means necessary so whether we get funding from whoever the peacemakers are going to be at work we're going to find a way to do what we have to do but we are really blessed that there are those in the community that are tuning in and trying to say hey how can we have y'all's back so we appreciate that and we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to come and share about this this really awesome it really is an awesome movement
1: i'm excited about it i'm really glad to know about it i'm glad that i saw that um post on facebook and and said hey what are the peacemakers (laughs) This sounds like people I want to know.
0: Yeah,
1: and and I'm thank- thankful to you for being here today and sharing your message, and um, I can't wait to share it with the world. Thank you. So, peace out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> peace in. Do yeah. yes, yes. <laughs>
0: That is confirmed.
1: This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything.
0: Heather solves everything with a little help from Everyday Heroes.